podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back, and it's another episode of Round the Boards, the Speedway podcast. Uh, joining me this evening, um, Kane, he's back with us. How are we doing this evening, Kane? Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. What's going on? I'm here. I was, I was expecting another joke this week. I had one, but I've just woken up, so okay. I don't have it. <laughs> was it Was it that much, that entertaining at Workington this afternoon, was it? it took, yeah, I, I had to have a nap, that's all. Too too excited about the championship for next season. <laughs> too too excited about taking on the champions, which is funny because he's on the show this evening. So that is rather convenient, say. isn't it? Um, and just like um, day turns in tonight, Rob is absent again. Um, um, I'd like to say he's on holiday, but unfortunately, Rob's unwell this evening, so he won't be joining us. So I would send our best wishes to Rob, but we don't really care. So um, we. Yeah. We should move on with the show, and as we just mentioned there, um, delighted to say that we are joined on the show, just like we were with Josh Pickering last week, uh, a champion of the champ of the Premiership. We are joined by team manager uh, of the Glasgow Tigers, Cammy Brown, this evening, the champions of the Championship. Cammy, delighted to have you on the show. How are we doing this evening? Yeah, good. Still, still, um, still buzzing after Wednesday. Yeah, it's not quite. It's, it's sunk in, but it's a, it's still a good feeling. So I'm delighted to be on the show with you guys. Brilliant! That, you've just stolen my first question. There, I was going to ask you if you've if you've come down from that high yet, and um, what's what's the overriding feeling that you still have at the moment, even nearly a week after your success? To, to be honest, it's just it's just uh, relief that we finally got over that that final hurdle. We seem to get so close. I mean, you know, we lost in the semi final in eighteen by a point. We we lost in the final by nineteen by two points. We lost narrowly again in twenty in twenty one uh, twenty two. So um, it's just so so um, you know such a relief to finally get that that trophy in the cabinet. It's something we've worked hard for for. And I've worked. I've been I've been team manager for five years, but you know since the Fazenda family took over in twenty fifteen, it's been a it's been a goal to get that trophy, and it's just a relief to get it. But um, you know at, at the end of the day, I also also think that it, it was a well deserved win for us. So um, delighted with delighted with it. To be fair. And you talk of that relief there, and it's um, it's obviously been a long time since Glasgow lifted that Division Two title, two thousand and eleven. Um, so a good twelve years. So to finally get over the line, and and yourself turning from a fan to a team manager, um, it, it must have been a, a, an amazing experience for you to to finally get yourself over that line. It has been. Um, it was you know to, to begin with, it was difficult. It was kind of thrown in very quickly in the deep end, and. Um, had to learn quite quickly, and I think I think over a period of time you, you tend to to learn quite quickly because you have to, because um, yeah, it's all about trying to win speedway meetings. But yeah, going from a fan to team manager was um, was a bit surreal to begin with. But I'm, you know, deep down inside, I'm still a fan. But I'm I'm now, you know, for the last few years, I've totally concentrated in trying to win speedway matches. So for me, it's changed uh, dynamic the way I think about the Tigers and the. the the whole thing's changed, but when we when we won the other night and the fans came to the stadium, it was like being a fan again. It was it was a nice feeling when the stress was off and we could relax. And 
from my experience, um, I'm a Kings Lynn fan, so I've I've had first experience of seeing a fan turn into a team manager. How did the opportunity come about for you to take take control of the team, and how difficult is it to to sort of put your emotions to one side as a fan to to collectively think positively about being a team manager? Um, it came it came out of the blue. Um, you know, I was asked to to be assist Stuart in 2018. And after a couple of meetings, Stuart decided that he, he didn't want to do it anymore. And um, I was asked one evening when I was a uh, my mum actually was quite ill that evening. We we're, were getting an ambulance. If I'd take the step up and take the job, and um, you know I had to, I couldn't speak to um, Jerry and Peter for a while uh, because my mum was in the hospital. And I, I phoned them later on that that night and said, "Yes, obviously, I'd love to do the job. It's not the way I wanted to get the job, um, but um, I, I, of course, I'd never, I'd never turn my club down." Um, so for that, for that, that's that's how it happened, and I think people who know me know it's reason, reasonably fiery character at times. So I said to myself straight away, you know, can't can't be like that doing this. It means too much to me, and um, you know, everybody has their moments, but it, it's a it's a passion for me. It's it's a, I, li- I live and breathe the club, and you know, I, I, there's never a day passes I don't think about you know wonder if we could do this better or you know, if, if we could help that rider get a bit better or, or whatever, there's, there's, there's always speedway thoughts, you know, to do with the stadium, the track, everything. And uh, that's the way it'll always be as long as I'm, I'm um, team manager. I'll never never sort of sit down and just say, well, I've done all I can do. We've done all we can do as a group. We're not like that. We're always we're always looking to go that bit better and that bit further. And if I take you back to, to where it all began at the beginning of the season, yeah. I don't know if you remember this quote, Um you were confident at the time that you'd got the right mix of youth and experience, and in the end, there was there was possibly only one team change um, that you made during the course of the season. And do do you see that that change um, enforced by uh, Martin Marcin Novak uh, going back to Poland to help his his side win actually what turned out to be a Polish title and bringing in Vadim Tarasenko? Yeah. Was, was that the turning point for you where you thought, "Yep, we're going to do this now"? Um. Yeah, I suppose looking back, people will look on it on it that way. But at the time, I didn't feel that was the case. We, we were we weren't going to make any changes, and Marson was gradually getting better and better and better, and scoring more consistently. Uh, even the night that you know the last meeting he had for us at Berwick away, I think he got thirteen. Um, so you know it wasn't a case of you know it came out of the blue. Marson saying that he, he couldn't ride for us anymore. Um, but as I said, I'd, I'd discussed it with Peter. We weren't going to make any team changes at that point, and we were forced to make a change and. We just couldn't. We just couldn't find anyone um, on Marston's average that would that would be that would give us the scoring potential that Marston was actually starting to give us, and and then we we came up with a uh, with Vad, and you know he was he was sensational for us. There's no there's no doubt in that, um, and a lovely guy to work with, and he, he did he did propel us to a different level, I suppose, in, in a way. But uh, you know, as I said, Mars, Marston was starting to score big points for us anyway, so. It's, it's, I suppose you could look at it both ways. People look at it as a as a kind of trick signing. It wasn't that any any club could have done the same thing. So it wasn't like we did something that no one else could have done. Um, we just took a we took a, a a pop at it and it paid off for us. And and you know, Vadim was an excellent rider for us and he, he scored a lot of valuable points. Yeah, it certainly was, and he was he was a very important signing. I thought at that stage. Yeah. Let's yeah. if we uh, like. A lot of people would talk about this, I'm sure, and a lot of people have probably questioned it. But how, in terms of the rulings in how you could bring Vadim Tarasenko in, how he's on a five-point assessed average in the Premiership, and then all of a sudden he's turning up on the same average in the Championship, what's what's the ruling behind this? Because I think it's important that people understand that 
there's no there's no rule breaks here. Everything is no. within the rules. Otherwise, it would never have been allowed to happen. So, how yeah. do, how does this average come about? It's, to be honest, we, we we I mean, I was as surprised as anyone else. We we, we didn't we were looking at Patrick, um, his, his teammate at uh, Peterborough first, and we were very close to signing Patrick. And then we we had a, we discovered there was a problem with with Patrick's visa, and Patrick would have come on the same on a five point uh, average. So. When that fell through, we we looked at trying to sign uh, Vad, but uh, Vadim. But um, you know, as far as the as, as how the averages work between the both leagues, you know, the rules were set. It was set in stone for everyone. I think, I think there had been a couple of clubs had approached um, Vadim uh, sort of earlier on in the season, and he, and he'd said no, or it hadn't worked out, or whatever the case may be. So it wasn't, as I said, it wasn't as if we were doing something that that no one else could have done or should have done. Um, but as far as how they how they set how they set the averages for both leagues, um, you know, I, I don't I don't make the rules up. I just, we just we just we you know we we looked at it and saw that there was a, a good possibility we could get him on a five. And when Marston's average I think it was five forty two at the time or five seventy nine, he would be low, but he would come in below Marston's average. So um, we we tried to get him, and um, we were glad, very glad, successful we were at it. I'm, I'm glad it worked out for us because, as I say, he was a brilliant rider. But I've no, I've no idea what, why the rule was set that way. But the rule, the rule was there for everyone to to use, and you know, we we decided to try and use it. Mm, yeah, and it's worked out perfectly for you. But it's yeah, it's not just um, Vadim that was an important sign, and I also think the importance of a certain Mister Playoff, Chris Harris. Um, <laughs> he he had scores to settle, I think, um, at Glasgow. He he said it himself. He he had to almost redeem himself after a previous stint, but. Just what sort of character is is Chris Harris to have in and around the camp when you're when you're pushing for a playoff victory? Well, he's amazing. Uh, if I go back to 2018 when he was with us the last time, he didn't have such a good season uh, as he wanted and we wanted from him, and it, and he did feel like he let us down a bit. He still had actually a pretty good average to be fair, but he came in with a huge reputation then, and I always stayed. You know, I've always stayed good friends with Chris, and um, when when I was building the team at the start. You know, at the start of last season, before the start of last season, I said to to Peter and Jerry, if I, I wanted to see if we could get Chris back, and you know, I had a chat with Chris about it, and he's, you know, he said if if it works out, I will absolutely right the wrongs from twenty eighteen. He wanted to, he he wanted to come back as much as I wanted him to be back, which is a, a big thing, and uh, he brings so much so much enthusiasm. And he's so positive around the rest of the team. Uh, you know, he didn't start the season as captain. Top Tom was captain from the previous season, and I kept him on as captain. Um, it's only latterly Chris became captain, but he was a captain without being called a captain. Anyways, he's tremendous with the guys. He's got so much experience. Nothing phases him. You know, no tracks phase him. Um, he doesn't. You know, even the tracks he doesn't really ride as well as others. He just goes and attacks them, and that's that's the way. That's what a speedway rider should do. Um, he's great to work with. Never gave me one one issue at all. Um, I knew he wouldn't, to be fair, on that level because I'd worked with him before in twenty eighteen, and he was he was great to work with, even though he wasn't having a particularly good season by his high standards. But yeah, when it comes to the playoffs, you know who who, who would you want more in the team than Chris Harris? He just excels. Um, but he's been excelling for his all season, to be honest. Um, but you know everybody contributed in the team, but Chris Chris especially is you know an out and out number one for us. Absolutely no doubt about it. Um, I was actually looking over some statistics just before I come on air, and I actually think Chris Harris is the number one in the averages at the end of the season. Uh, moving rolling averages aside, current 2023 averages, I believe he's the top man in the league. So um, there's still life in the old dog yet. 
There is, there is, yeah. You know, I thought I thought he'd be quite close with the likes of Sam Sam Masters, who had another exceptional season as well. There's there's a lot of good writers in the in the championship, to be fair. But um, Chris, Chris, I, I, you know, I had a conversation with him yesterday, and you know, I said to him, you know, at times you're you're way above that that level in the championship when you ride like you did against you know Oxford in the semis in the semi finals, red car, and then on to pull in the two legs of the final. He scored twenty nine points of a possible thirteen. I included dropping a point in Heat 15 at, at Pool when, when we had already won the the championship. And I, I've kind of thought that if he really needed to win that race, he'd have won it anyway. And he'd end up getting a maximum, a double maximum in the final. And, you know, that's that's just sensational stuff. Um, you know, but there's, there's other, you know, everyone contributed in the final as well. I mean, a, a special mention, I've got to say, to Tom Brennan over the two legs in the final. He, he scored up, paid 21 out of a possible 30. Uh, you know, and that kind of goes under the radar. Tom, Tom had a a really difficult season and a tremendous finish to the season for us. Uh, when it came to the semi-finals and the, the final, Tom, Tom was Tom was a very very good for us as well. Yeah, and another special mention that one. I just want to drop down to your reserve berths and, and yeah. two two very special or just two very different characters, should I say? In, <laughs> in Lee Complin and Ace Piper, and it was Lee. It was I wouldn't say it was Lee that got you into the playoff final, but his performance against Oxford to get, to get you into that playoff final spot against Paul was 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 brilliant. And then just generally his performances, although he's not always been at the best every meeting, you you know what you get from Lee, and yeah. he's, a, he's a tremendous racer. I try, you know, I had a good long conversation with Lee when we were looking to sign him, and and um, you know, we actually had a laugh the other night because we exchanged messages and saying that I, I want I only want people who want to come and try and win the championship, and he from day one said that was that was burning in him, and it certainly wasn't. He started the first sort of half of the season, he just couldn't get his machinery working, he couldn't get any consistency. He'd have you know one good meeting, three bad meetings, and um, you know people were people were saying, oh, you should you should perhaps you know. Change, but we're not in the kind of club that just changes for no reason. We kind of get seven riders together and hope that we can start the season and end with them. And we, you know, we backed Lee, and, and he came good towards the end. He was, in fact, he was sensational towards the end. And again, he's a bit like Chris Harris. He's great with the rest of the guys. He's so positive. He's he makes the atmosphere around the pits so friendly, so happy. Uh, he's always laughing and joking, and oh, he's, he's a handful at times. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, him and I have been, him and I have kind of grabbed each other by the neck a couple of times during the season. But I like his passion as well, and he sees that he knows me. I'm passionate. He's passionate. I want those kind of guys. You know, Chris Harris is passionate as well, and he's laughing and joking. But when the when the bike starts, he's he's one hundred percent on it, uh, and that's the kind of guys you want in your team. And Lee certainly falls under that. Ace is a different kind of character. He's obviously much younger. Um, and he's, you know, he's quite quiet and shy at times. Um, and other times, he's, he's quite funny. But Lee, uh, you know, Ace's Ace's development, you know, he's at the he's at the beginning of his speedway development. There's so much more to come from that that young lad, and he's he's got a good family around about him, and hopefully, he enjoyed his first season. I don't think he expected to certainly walk away with a championship medal yeah. uh, at 17 years old. But you know, that's that's a brilliant start. It's great that him and his dad have both won. Championships with Glasgow. I mean, his dad was there in 2018, which is, you know, quite quite a unique thing. Um, so that that was good. But yeah, two two really good reserves and and complete as you said, completely different kind of people, but um, both very very good fun to work with. Of course, the the, the league title is not the only thing you've won this year. Um, me and Kane were both uh, both present at Oxford for the for the championship pairs as well and. The way the way Chris Harris and, and Benjamin Basso rode on that evening, I don't think it was any surprise to anyone that they come away with a title and the support that was that Glasgow bring to these meetings, a, a tremendous occasion again. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that, you know, when, when we build teams at Glasgow and we, we especially when we go away from home, the, the support that the, the pairs was amazing. But that's nothing new, to be honest. Everywhere we go, we have we have tremendous support. And it's something I kind of install into the riders that when we go away from home, you know, you can't always, you can't always, you know, uh, win every meeting. That's And it's hard to win away from home. But we always like to put on a performance if we possibly can. When we when we go to away, away meetings, because you know those fans pay a lot of money, they travel a lot of distance, and uh, something something I'm quite proud of that we have a, a you know a really good away record, not just this season for the last three or four seasons, we've had you know positive away records, you know we've won more away meetings than lost, and that's hard to do. I mean you you know you know yourself, it's difficult to win away from home when you're only visiting places maybe once or twice a season. And the homeboys have got a home track advantage. Um, it's really that pleases me more than anything when we go away from home, and we have a, such a big support. And we go to Berwick, and you know, for instance, and there seems to be as many Glasgow fans there as Berwick fans. The same at Edinburgh, uh, same at Redcar. It's it's tremendous the the support we have. Uh, you know, we even go to places like Scunthorpe, and you turn up, and there's there's loads of Glasgow fans, and it's it's really pleasing to see. And it's, but it also puts a bit of pressure on because we want to make sure that we we don't let them down. And the riders need to know that, and they and they do. They're, they're made aware of that. Of course, and if if we go back to the the first leg um, at Glasgow, and I suppose what was important is that you you built up a, a big lead at home. It was important because we knew that Paul would come back fighting in the away leg. But did you envisage such a big lead after the first leg? Um, no, uh, I didn't. You know, pe- people before the, the meeting, some of the some of the, the pits marshals and, and and fans would come up saying we need twenty points and. This and that, and I, you know, I said that's completely unrealistic. Nobody beats Pool with twenty points. They're far too good for that. Um, that's that's been that's been just silly because you know I think the biggest defeat Pool had, had all season was was by twelve at Oxford or something. Um, you know, there's no way you're going to beat Pool by twenty points. Um, so that was a bit unrealistic. But the way we started, you know, at one point I looked at the scoreboard and I think it was twenty six ten, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we, we've got a chance. We've actually got a chance of getting to to twenty points. You know, which would be remarkable. Um, you know, and Poole did come back at us towards the end of the meeting, and, and it, they got it back to 40, down to fourteen. But seriously, had you asked me before the meeting, would you take a, a fourteen point lead? I would have bitten your hand off. Um, you know, get, it's hard enough to beat Poole. To, never mind, you know, talk about 14, 16 point leads. They're, they're a formidable side. Um, you know, same with Oxford, same with Redcar, but but Poole, Poole especially, they've won back to back titles. They haven't won that by chance. They've won it because of the best team the last previous two years. Um, so you know, getting a fourteen point lead, I was I was absolutely over the moon with. Did I think it would be enough? Um, I've got to say, it, I, we were on. I thought we were on. You know, it could be very very close because we've never traditionally done that well at pool. The last time we were there, we, we by you know half halfway through the meeting, we were getting absolutely annihilated. The second half of the meeting, we started to get get to grips with the track, and you know, and I said to the boys, we need to start remembering how we finished the the, the last seven or eight races at pool. And um, you know that's that's thankfully what we did. Yeah, and the, the second leg itself um, at Paul, I, I don't think you could have started any better. Well, you couldn't have started any better. Five no. one in the opening race um, put you no. in good stead for the rest of the meeting, and you, you yeah. never really and you you always led um, going up in even to heat eight. You had a four point lead, so you never let Paul get away, and that was the important part for me. Is as long as you were picking up them, them even I mean Harris was picking up the wins and and Vadim and, and Tom and, and Benjamin were nipping in as well with some points but you never let them get into a rhythm where they could where they could build five ones or four twos 
No, we, we didn't, and that, that was the plan, but also one very important thing, we decided to go, every time we would go to pool, we say, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that. We went from the minute we had the, the home meeting, from that point, the chat group, and the chat was, let's just go and have fun, let's just look at it, another meeting, let's not not panic, let's not let's not get stressed, and, you know, Chris and I spoke the day before on, on the Tuesday, and Chris said, you know, I'll go and win heat one, don't worry, whatever happens, I'll win heat one, I'll set the tone, and, you know, you know, words, words are easy to say sometimes, but, you know, Chris is different, and Chris goes out and wins heat one, and punches a hole, and, and Tom was exceptional as well, and before we know it, we're a 5-1, and that 14-point lead's become an 18-point lead, and I think that was a, a massive moment in the final, I know, I know Poole hit back straight away with a 5-1 heat two, but, you know, after four races, we're I remember getting interviewed for BSN and we were 12 each and I was I was happy with that uh, inside. I didn't say that in the interview, but I was happy that after the first four heats, we still had our lead because usually after four heats at pool, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're eight, 16, four down or something. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, we had, we had a much better start and then, we, we as you say, we, we eked away and we got actually into a lead on the night. And, it, you know, around heat eight, heat nine, heat 10, I thought, well, you know, we can only throw this away now. But even with that in mind, I could still, you know, I still said to Peter, I was standing next to Peter every race, and you know, Peter was feeling like we were over the line. I said, no, no, we're not over the line at pool. If there's one place in 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 our league that you, you can't, you know, count your chickens, it's pool, because they can they can ring off three, four, five ones in a row. Um, but we managed to we managed to hold it together, and you know, I, I think it doesn't really matter that we didn't win the meeting. To me, I just wanted to win win the tie. I think if I think going into the last two races, we did kind of we did kind of drop our guard a little bit after we'd won it in heat thirteen. Um, but yeah, you know, to be honest, it doesn't matter getting a win at pool as long as you. It's all about winning on on aggregate over two legs in any playoff. Um, you know, if we if we'd lost by twelve at pool, one one by two in aggregate, I'd still been as happy. That's what that's what it's all about. But uh, you know, I think I think over the two the two legs, we were deserved winners. Yeah, and uh, you spoke about Chris Harris saying he's going to go out and win heat one. Confidence brings confidence amongst the yeah. team as well. So. it's for him to say that and to produce, the, the whole team must have been filled with more confidence. And, and I'm sure they were all going into their next rides thinking, yeah, we can do this. And to, to come away from Paul with a four-point defeat, uh, thus, it, although it's a defeat, it's it, it's a lot better than many teams have done at Paul this season. Yeah. And in any yeah, season, got, really. Yeah, I've got to be honest, we took, we, took a bit of, we took a bit of confidence out of what Scunthorpe had done a couple of weeks previous. Uh, in the in the semi final rounds when they got a forty five each draw, um, you know, and, and it was kind of said, well, you know, Scunthorpe are a good team, uh, but if Scunthorpe can get forty five, you know, we we should be able to get somewhere close to that as well. And we took we took a bit of confidence out of that. Um, I think that meeting actually let everyone else in Speedway know that maybe Pool weren't quite so unbeatable at home as we all assumed they were. You know, it's it's, it's the same for everyone. But uh, that was I think that was our third time at Pool this season as well. So. We were due, we were due one good meeting there after two heavy defeats. Um, but hopefully, you know, ha, 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 come back to Chris. Chris, Chris, all the other riders look up to him, and I think when when Chris is calm, or Chris is always calm during a meeting, but you know, it, it helps get a, a good calm feeling a, a, amongst the rest of the riders, um, which is tremendous. You know, there's no there's no stresses with Chris, and he, he's he's brilliant. But you know, you get people like Benjamin Basso, but Ben can beat anyone on his day, and does regularly. He's he's one of the top guys in our league as well. Um, you know, as I say, Tom Brennan ended the season absolutely on fire, as did Lee. Um, you know, Ace had a few injury problems and you know a few a few falls and things, and he struggled a bit towards the end, but he still contributed some very very important points over those two legs in the final. 
uh, you know, and he's as I say, there's a lot more to come from uh, to come from Ace. And you've got to think, you know, we went into that meeting. I know, I know, Poole were missing Anders Rowe, which was quite a big loss for them. For them, but you know, we were also missing Klaus Vissing, which um, you know, Klaus Vissing at, at Glasgow is another heat leader. He, he's like a, he's like an eight nine point heat leader, and we missed that power. Uh, that scoring power at home for the last few meetings of the season. So, you know, we've got to say thank you to Klaus and Marcin Novak for what they did for us this season as well. They were, they were both phenomenal for us. Definitely so, definitely so. And now you've reached the summit, um, you're going to have a target on your back for sure next season and everyone's going to be coming for you. And uh, yeah. one question that was, that was raised to me is uh, probably on a similar level to Paul, Glasgow aren't always renowned for being one of the most loved clubs in the country. And it's all I. I always say with Paul, with Glasgow, it comes with success. Um, does it affect you in any way? What what people think of of Glasgow as a club? Not not really. Um, yeah. Mm. Sorry, carry on. No, I was going to just say the negativity that comes your way, but that's just bred from probably jealousy more than anything. But does, I, I, I does think it is. I think it, it. It doesn't affect doesn't affect me such. A, I don't. I don't think it affects the owner. I know it doesn't affect the owners. Um, maybe maybe affects the fans a little bit, and I can understand that. Um, you know, Pool Pool and Glasgow looked, and probably Oxford as well looked upon as the the rich clubs in their league. But at the end of the day, we've still got to build a team to the same points limit as everyone else. Um, you know, we can't we can't go and build a team to forty or thirty or whatever they might set the points limit at. Uh, we can't go and put a forty six point team on on track. So we've got to we've got to play by the rules like everyone else, and that that speedway is good. But yeah, I, I get the bit the bit jealousy bit. But a target on our back, that fine, bring it on. Um, you know that doesn't bother us in the slightest. We, we now now we've tasted tasted success. <laughs> it just I mean I, I already we're already talking Peter Nice and Peter's on holiday just now, mm-hmm. and I was talking to him today about you know what what we're looking to do next season, what plans we've got and. It's just burning even more. It just just means we want more success, and that's that's what Pool have done for years. And they become you know they become serial winners. I'm not saying we're going to become serial winners because you know you, you no one has a divine right to win everything, but we want to be in the mix. We always want to be in the playoffs. We always want to be in the semis. Trying or trying to be in the final and try to win it. Um, and that's that that target on our backs always been there. But it's good to get the monkey off our back by winning the championship for the first time. I think winning it winning it again. Hopefully, will will be a not an easier not an easier thing, but we won't have that pressure of, that we haven't won it yet, which was I think massive. Um, that's that's off us now, so we can we can go and maybe enjoy our speedway a bit more and relax a little bit more. Um, that's that's well, that's the thought. <laughs> that's the thought to the first meeting of the season, and it'll, it'll go back to like, come on, we need to win, guys. You know. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, no, listen, I'm looking forward to a bit of a break. I've got to be honest; it's been a long, long travelling season. Uh, a lot of miles, and you know, we've been down, we've been deep down south because we're obviously up, well up north. A lot of our matches are, you know, pool three times, Plymouth three times. You know, it's been a lot of travelling, um, enjoyable most of the time. Um, you know, and I've got to say a special thanks to to Alan Dick, the promoter, who's done most of those, if not all of those journeys with me, and um, you know, Tony, who's helped me with the driving, my pal from from Glasgow, and um, they've been great, great to work with doing the away trips. And uh, you know, it's it's a it's a team we have on the backroom staff as well. It's not just team manager and, and seven riders. Um, you've got to say a lot of thanks to them too. And uh, as I say, thank thanks thanks massively to the fans for the backing they've given us. It's been tremendous. And th- thankfully, um, we move when we move on to next year. You've got a new team to look forward to next year. And I say thankfully yep. because it's it's a close travel for you uh, across at Workington. 
yeah. another, another exceptional speedway track. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, saw, I saw my first meeting there today. Actually, I watched it on BSN. But um, to mm-hmm. have to have tracks like yourselves, Redcar, Workington, in the league next year, just fantastic speedway tracks which produce great speedway. Yeah, and it's, it's it's another shall we say local track to us. It's only an hour and three quarters away, which is which is nothing compared to you know, like I said, Poole or Plymouth, which is you know the other end of the country. Um, Workington obviously had a big, we had a big rivalry with Workington in um, you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. They pipped us for the title in eighteen. So uh, and I'm sure that whoever they put together will be will be a, a very competitive team. Um, they're not going to come back into our level of speedway. And, be the whipping boys. They're, 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 I know that for a fact. So, you know, we'll, we'll, there'll be another rival on the table for us. But as I said, you know, that's great. But it's good to have a, such a good track, as you say. It's a, it's a smashing track, it's a smashing setup, and it's going to add to the championship. I think the championship is going to be a tremendous league next year. I really do. And um, as I say, I'm really looking forward to getting back to Workington. I've kind of missed that. Though, it, you know, the last time I was there, we lost the semi-final way back in 2018. I've not, they've not raced since. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to going back to Workington. It was always good, good fun going there. And uh, you know, they, they they will be competitive. I'm I'm, I'm absolutely sure of it. And, and of course, um, always looking for an exclusive on this show. Have you have you started mm-hmm. any plans? Is there any is there any riders in place that you? Or I suppose you've you've got people in mind that you want to keep or you want to go after. Um, yeah, yeah, I've obviously heard. Well, I've heard that the points limits being dropped by a couple of points for next season. Which is going to result in, in riders having to to move away. But um, is there anything in yeah. the pipeline at the moment? I, I, I mean, obviously, there's a few things in the pipeline, um, and I think the points limit is going to drop. But that's the room. That's the rumor. And if it does, there's going to be you know a lot of teams that are going to have to make changes. Which is, you know, for us, been winning the championship. It'd be again. It goes back to this crazy sport. It'd be great just to stick the, the same boys back in again and. And go again and let a bit like bit like Peterborough when they they won with the you know Dad's Army team. It'd be good to let them just run their team again next year and let all the other teams have a pop pop at the champions. Um, but unfortunately, that's that's again comes back to this you know building teams to points limits, which tries to make the the sport an even sport. So you know we couldn't we couldn't retrack our team if they dropped the points. We could even if they didn't drop the points, we couldn't retrack the, the team we have anyway. Uh, we're well over the the forty point limit just now, and if they do drop it to what, maybe 38 or something, you know, we're going to be massively over. So we need to make changes. Yeah, obviously we've had, you know, uh, Peter and I have had some conversations about where we go and how we go about it. But, you know, you know, you can you can say you want you want this one, you want that one, but it's not, you don't necessarily get the riders you want. Uh, no matter how big a club or how, you know, quite, quite, quite often, especially in the younger riders, we have a problem at Glasgow if they're from down south. They don't want to travel all that distance and we completely understand that because they may well not score six, seven, eight points and get, you know, enough money to make it worthwhile. Yeah, they get the travel money and, and whatever, but you can understand that. And that's that's where some fans don't understand, you know. You get some supporters saying, you know, go and sign this guy, he's the next big thing, he's 16 years old. But, you know, the guy the guy maybe stays in, you know, Cornwall or somewhere and he doesn't want to travel to Glasgow on a Friday night, 800-mile round trip. Um, so we, even though we're, you know, seen as one of the, the more affluent clubs, that, that, it's not about money sometimes, it's purely about, you know, riders, you know, having having a sensible journey to and from their speedway. So uh yeah, yeah, we've got we've got things in mind, obviously. Um but uh can't tell you anything. <laughs> no problem. I didn't expect you to, to be perfectly honest. But <laughs> well, we've, just... got, well, we've got Emil Safudinov, he's signed for us. Uh Jason Perfect. Doyle. Lovely. <laughs> Safutin for Glasgow, that'd be a treat. 
Oh my God, it certainly would. Yeah, <laughs> certainly would be. Um, I was just I just wanted to touch before we before we finish, just touch on something you said there about points limits and and wanting to build a team. And I'm I'm all for getting rid of the points limit as well myself and and building squad systems. And I think it's something that's worth looking at because I do think if if you've won a league, it's then up for the other teams to collectively come together and say we need to have a pop at this. This is the winning yeah. team. This is the benchmark. Mm-hmm. Why should we not be allowed to to have a team? Yeah kept for the following season if they of course all wanted to stay yeah well if we I don't know what we ended on 44.6 if we ended say at 45 as a team why not reset the points limit at 45 for the championship teams and let and we could say well we can keep our seven riders if, as you, as I say if they wanted to stay um, but yeah there's, there's a chain of thought in that but I think the majority of clubs that, that aren't and maybe the top three or four clubs wouldn't want that to be honest um, it would you know it would maybe cost more money to run, and you've got to think about that as well. Because I remember Glasgow when, you know, we didn't have owners that 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 were you know well off owners, and they could you know we could we could spend that little bit of money. Uh, you know, I, I was involved trying to keep the club alive for a long p- period of time as well. Um, so I know what it's like to be on the other side of the fence. Um, you know, try, just trying to keep the speedway club going, and you know we want all clubs to carry on. I hate seeing any club folding. It's it's not you know I was disappointed, really sad to see Newcastle go. Um, last season, I you know a club with that that length of time, and we've got to try and keep our club, as many clubs as we can and keep the sport going. But if there's any way to make the sport better, you know, if if if, if abolishing the point limit and making squad systems actually, you know, made the sport better, we have to look at that. We have to we have to think of ways of making the sport better for fan, for people to watch for the you know for the cons- for the consumer to come and watch Speedway. Because uh, it's a wonderful sport, I mean, you know it's it's a it's a brilliant sport. And it's trying to get bums, it's trying to get bums to come and see it in the first place. We find a lot of Glasgow, the lot of newbies that come. If we get new people to come, half of them come back because when they see the product we put on, they go, "Wow, we didn't realise this was so good. What an f- incredible sport this is!" And gradually we're building week on week in um, the, the the fan base that we want to get to. You know, we want to get. We want to get um, you know that that few more people to make to make to make the the place where we want it to be, and, and gradually, year in year out, we're, we're increasing the fan base, which is. But that's taking a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort, and a lot of clubs don't have that time, money, and effort. So you know they've they've got to live by the by the budget they have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before before we let you go, then I'll just uh, bring Kane and see if he's got anything else um, to add. Kane, anything from you? No, because I conveniently sent you my questions, so I didn't you have to say anything. Didn't you? That is fine. I did. Cammy, um, before you go, I want to do a quick fire ten questions with you. But before I just jump, before I jump into them questions, I just want to say a congratulations to yourself, uh, the Fasinas, all the riders, all the volunteers, the fans, everybody up at Glasgow Speedway. I think at Glasgow they have a model. Um, their use of social media is absolutely fantastic, and I think a lot of people could take a leaf from your book on how to promote the sport. Um, you've had a tremendous season, I'm sure. You're, you're fully aware of that. And we wish you all the best for, for next season as well because okay. um, you've now sent, set, set a benchmark for, for Paul and I'm sure Paul will want to come back even stronger <laughs> next year. Definitely. Yeah, thank you for that. Appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. But before you go, I just want to yep. jump in with our quick fire tent. So um, Rob usually does this, but I'll take over the mantle today. So... We shall begin. Question one: What is your favourite track? Could be past or present, or anywhere across the world. Um, 
favourite track. Um, need to be quick about this. Um, but <laughs> believe it or not, I loved. I always loved going to Berwick um, to watch Speedway when I was younger. So yeah, but I'd say I'd say Berwick. Lovely. Question two: What sport would you be involved in if not in Speedway? Um, probably, probably football. Lovely. And three, I'd probably answer this question. What's your favourite moment in Speedway so far? Wednesday evening at 926.3926, somewhere somewhere around about there. Yeah, winning the second. Yeah, winning the title the other Wednesday, definitely my favourite moment in Speedway. That and, I've got to be honest, when Glasgow won the first title in 1993, I was a fan at Shawfield. I was actually in tears that night. It was tremendous. So those two memories always will always stay with me. Yeah, of course. Uh, question four: What are your three favourite things about Speedway? Um, three favourite things. It's uh, it's brilliant to watch. You can see the whole when you're a fan. You can see the whole uh, race. It's not like a Formula One race where you only see what a part of the track you're standing at, and just just the the speed and the and the smell. Love it. Yep, don't we all all love the smell? Um, question five again. I think we all know the the, the, the answer to this one. Club supported. Uh, Glasgow Tigers champions 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that's just for the Edinburgh fans? That one, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, question six: Your two least favourite things about Speedway? Um, for me, for me, the travelling. Um, that's just for me. Um, and clubs that don't promote the sport as well as they could do, even with the you know the. the the money that they have to promote the sport. Oh, and, and one other thing about my, my favorite, one of my favorite tracks. When we're talking about Edinburgh, one of my favorite tracks used to be Powder Hall, Edinburgh's old track, which I think was a tremendous speedway track. Question seven: uh, Do you have any pre-match superstitions? Yes, I have lots. <laughs> do you want to know them? I always look at. To be honest, I always look at a picture of um, my my mum and my my dad, who's now deceased. Uh, on my phone prior to the prior to the match starting, it's just it's just something that I do, and uh, I didn't start the that really to till I became team manager. It's just just purely for my own self feeling. But I'm quite a superstitious, uh, quite a superstitious guy. Um, also had a, a a certain song that I play um, this season before every meeting, before I get to the meeting, and. Uh, um, I played that every, every week. We actually played that on the bus from uh, Bristol from Bristol Airport down to Poole the other night. I had them playing it on the minibus with all, all the all the management on it. And I said, "This this lucky song I've got." So of course, when we came out <laughs> came out of Poole, the first thing they did was put the song back on the the um, thing. But I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want everyone to use it. You see, <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a lucky pen last year, but I went through about thirty of them in the end. <laughs> but, listen, I, I had one of the referees this season give me a pen at, at Scunthorpe when we won in the BSN. Mm. I had forgot my pen and he gave me the pen. I said, "You're not getting your pen back." <laughs> I think we lost the next week to Red Car and I threw it away. <laughs> so, <laughs> Question eight: Who do you think will be world champion next season? Can't see past. Can't see past Barsley. Uh, Barsley. Uh, He's just too good. He's too good. Yeah. Question nine: Who was your favourite rider of all time? Um, my favourite rider of all time. Well, the, the, I think the best rider I've ever seen was Hans Nielsen. But my favourite rider of all time was was Stevie Lawson, and Glasgow's old captain Richard Lawson's dad, and yeah. Workington's promoter. I've got a lot of time for Stevie, and um, he was 
he actually was a far better speedy rider than than he realised he was, and he could have gone. But in those days, he wasn't even full time. He was a farmer and a speedy rider on the side. I think he had, if he had been a, shall we say, a more professional rider the way they are now, I think he would have. I think he'd have gone to higher, uh, bigger, bigger things in speedway. But you know, he, he enjoyed what he was a enjoyed what he did at the time, and that's all. That's all that counts. Exactly that. And then finally, question ten. Some might say the uh, most important question that you'll ever answer this season. Um, <laughs> if you, I've got three clubs. If you had to pick one, which one would it be? We've got. Workington Comets, Swindon Robins, or Kings Lynn Stars? You can pick one for whatever reason. You, you uh, love Shrek, you like the burgers, I don't know any reason. Uh, say them again, King, Kings Lynn, Swindon. Or I'm, 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 I'm going to go with Swindon. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no, I've, the, the, I can tell you the reason. I've got a couple of mates that are big Swindon fans, and I know how, I know how sad they are that they don't have a club. And that's the only reason I'm going for them. You know, Workington are back now. And if I, I, I asked me that, if Workington weren't back, I'd have probably said Workington. But Workington have a club and Kingsland have a club. I'd love Swindon to come back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I want all teams to be. I'd love it. I'd love two leagues with you know, sixteen teams in both leagues if we could do it like it used to be. You know, twelve, fourteen. That that that's that's what we want. It's never going to happen. Um, so I hope one day Swindon get back racing again. Absolutely, absolutely. Sentiments from you there, uh, Cammy. Brilliant. Um, all that's left is thank you for joining us on the show this evening. Thank you for taking really? part in that. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Really, and, um, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Really no enjoyed problem. it. We we sincerely wish you all the best. I'm sure Kane won't wish you the best next season because he'll want Workington <laughs> to come up to Glasgow and spank you. But um, every meeting except a certain Saturday night, we'll see what that day is. Right, we're on definitely, Kane. I look for you. I can't see your picture yet, so I, I don't know what you look like. But exactly. I'll, I'll find you. I'll find you. <laughs> just, look for, just look for the homeless person and you'll find you. <laughs> okay, will do. It's thanks, been a pleasure thanks, though, guys. Cammy. Thank you for joining us and all the best. Uh, enjoy your off-season. Um, Damn right. We'll, thank you. Get your plans in place and then we'll look forward to seeing you again next season. Brilliant. Thanks very much, guys. No problem. Superb. Thank you very Cheers. much. Cheers, Cammy. Thank you. Perfect. Absolutely brilliant speaking to Cammy there. Another, another winner. Um, hopefully we can get another one on next week. Eh? Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at the schedule. We've got still got some important um, stuff to go through this season. Um, I was uh, just looking at the agenda with very few meetings, so there's, there's very few bits of news to be perfectly honest with you. But um, obviously we've just spoken about the championship playoff final with with Cami, and we move on um, to the to the knockout cup final, which becomes a little bit of a preview and a review because um, this afternoon we saw the first leg of the. Well, we didn't see it because we were well. You were at Workington, and I was watching working the uh, National Development League. But uh, I did receive the harrowing news that someone might have got a corrected score. But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that later because you're you're about to blow an absolutely massive lead. But we'll come on to that. But um, Scunthorpe um, do still hold a narrow advantage, four points going into the second leg um, back at Pool, which is now going to be next Wednesday. Um, October the 18th or this Wednesday should I say um, but you you would expect Paul to win this wouldn't you Kane even without Anders Rowe I don't know if he's going to be back or not but you, you sense that they're going to win this now yeah um, you know Paul have I think they would definitely say you know they slipped up against Glasgow um, and they also didn't have the best, the stronger showing against Scunthorpe in the playoff league thing so I think I think missing out on the title as well is going to make them push on another level now, and hopefully 
you'd you'd think that it would put them back to going to uh, the pool of old, shall we say? But uh, yeah, I mean, on, on the other hand as well, you know, I don't think it was a fluke that Scunthorpe went there and got a draw. They do have a, a quality side, and it's a side that's in form as well. Obviously, Douglas is leaving. That, that was confirmed today. Yep. Um, so I'm sure he'd want to bring something to Scunthorpe to end the season because. We have to be honest, this is probably one of the best Scunthorpe teams we've seen in a very long time. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's tied up to be a very, very, very good second leg. Um, and if it is on BSN, which I'm not sure, I don't think it is. But maybe, no, no, it isn't. They've confirmed that they're, However, they're finished for the season. Then. It is on Pirates TV. So, hmm. buy it. You, watch you it. Can, you Support can the teams. But um, I think Paul have, Paul have been hampered by the loss of Anders Rowe. In my mind, there's no doubt Anders is capable of scoring seven and eight points at home and, and more than the, the points he's been getting away. So if Anders is back, I, I think that's a positive for Paul. If not, I, I still sense that they've got enough to get over the line. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially in the uh, the playoff final, I think it hit them hard that Anders was missing. Um, and like you say, you know, he's been a real... Rich reign of form, maybe for the second half of this season, and on some tracks it's he's irreplaceable, especially with RI. You know, it's it's always a bit of inconsistency because you know you you just you'd rather have seven riders, and um, mm. yeah, it's it, it's a shame that he, he's not been able to take part. But if he is back, then I'm sure we be giving it hundred percent. Exactly, and uh, we'll move on to our predictions then. With with the second leg coming up on Wednesday, and as Rob is absent, he, he can go last again. Mind you, that Good. doesn't seem to matter at the moment. But because I'm Don't a gentleman, want. I'll let you go first. Paul versus Scunthorpe, second leg. I will go. Um, I think Paul will win. Mm. Good, solid start. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that they will win. Fifty forty. 50-40 is penned in. I'm just looking over my notes. I have notes. Ooh. Hmm. I don't have uh, notes. I think um, I've gone slightly bigger. Um, I'm hoping that Anders Rowe will be back. I've gone 52-38 for this one. I know Scunthorpe put up a really good showing um, at Pool recently in the, in the uh, playoffs group stages to get a draw, but... I think um, Paul are a little bit of a wounded animal at the moment, so I think beware Scunthorpe on uh, on Wednesday evening. I think uh, Paul will come out on top of that fifty two thirty eight. What should I put in for Rob? Should I put? I'm going to put uh, eighty nine one. Eighty nine one. Yeah, three nil. Yeah, eighty nine one. Eighty nine one. See where he goes with that one. Just Scunthorpe, of course. Um, oh, yeah, I'll put it for Paul. 89-1 for Scunthorpe. Yep, that is penned in now. He cannot change that. Um, then, of course, we've got the, we look ahead to the National Development League. Um, a couple of events. Um, the Knockout Cup, obviously, we there was the meeting at Mildenhall, um, which was strewn with fallen riders and injuries recently. And then, um, I don't know how to describe this, um, what happened on Saturday probably shouldn't have happened, but... Um, the meeting was called off uh, shortly after start time. Um, it was agreed. Uh, I think they do this in Poland as well. It was agreed 
um, after the coin toss that the two captains would go out and do four practice laps. Um, Lee Complin evidently fell off, um, totaled his bike. He's totaled another bike at Workington today, and I, I think his season's over within injuries and broke problems now. Uh, so I don't think he'll ride in, in the second leg anyway. But Kane, it's, it's just, just it's a little bit silly that it got to the stage where they, they had to test the track and it, they'd already done the coin toss and the track obviously wasn't fit for purpose, shall we say. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. I, I know we the weather's not been great the last week or so and um, it's that time of the year as well, isn't it? So it's always going to be a bit tricky and I know Leicester did, um, did put a lot of time in and probably a lot of money into uh, relaying the track and sorting out, I think it was the drainage. But, you know, sometimes with the weather, it just can't be helped. And it's it's not the best look, like you said, to have already done the coin toss, got all the fans in, to then find out it's been... Well, probably the track's past the point of no return, really. it's, it's, it's You're not going to be able to ride on it. I think Dan Thompson said it was too grippy for the NDL, really, because you've got a lot of inexperienced riders in there. And, yeah, you you might have been able to get it on, on if you really tried, but you, you then can't say it could have ended up like Milton Hall where we have five riders withdraw again. You know, it's, you've got to think of the safety riders to some aspect as well. Interestingly, a couple of points to pull out of it. I've forgotten the first one, actually. But... Oh, it's always a good start. <laughs> While I'm giving you the second point, I'll try to remember what my first point was. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, I know what it was now. Um, well reading some, reading some of the comments. Um, I, I know I put them, some of them in the group. But I was like, people need to give their head a wobble. If uh, there was a lot of people shouting abuse at Mildenhall for, for Lee Complin. Lee Complin's on purpose dumped his bike because he didn't want to ride. Of course, he has. He's bent a bike on purpose and injured himself. Yeah, he's done that on purpose. Well done, fans. The pinnacle of the sport you guys are nice one Second, secondly that I, I think some like riders and people need to get together before they make comment on social media so obviously as you've just spoken oh about, yeah Dan Thompson's come out and said yep all 14 riders agreed we don't want to ride on it too dangerous and then another rider I won't name him another rider's come out on a social media page saying mm, I'd have given it a go well that's not what your captain's just said there's a lot of yeah, inconsistencies and it, it, it does make people look I, I think people need to stick together and stuff like this if i'm sure that 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 track was too dangerous and that's why both teams decided not one team there's not I, I don't see the benefit of a team calling that off at that stage of the season they you'd you'd want to get out of the way if the, if yeah. you could if it was too dangerous and you, you're at risk of injury then you call it off but i just i just think it, it could have been called off at a much earlier stage than that but they will come together again. Date still to com- be confirmed. Um, so we'll we'll keep tabs on that one. But um, in other news and, and some more, some better news from the National Development League. And it was the Riders' Championship this afternoon and, and won by, you were there, Kane, home favourite, Connor Bailey. Absolutely superb he was. I, he was untouchable, I would say. He, he never once, I don't think, looked like being beaten. And you, you sent a picture of his times a second and a half quicker than some people the guy's unbelievable at that level yeah it's I think we were talking to Ian Brennan as well and he said Connor's won about 80% of his races at Workington and it's, you know I've, I've seen him every every match there and it's it, it's clear he is, he's not really a National League level rider anymore and he, he was streets ahead of everyone and it's not the first time that's happened because he's really turned it up everywhere this season and it's 
just gone from really one positive to another. And um, I would say it's, it's a well-deserved victory for him. And um, it, it's it's good that Workington have got something to take from this season. I know it's not the league or the, the cup, but you know we, we have the league riders champion and it's, it's a bit different than having the under-21 champion because this is the league that we're in. So it's a little bit different. And um, yeah, it's just well done to Connor. Like I said, you know, he's best rider of the night, best rider in the entire season, and well deserved. And yeah, hopefully we might see him back next season. I can, I can hope. Please, I was going to say, what are your thoughts on that one? Obviously, the great news during the interval that Workington would be moving up to the to the championship. Connor Bailey, possibility, I suppose, that he could be returning in that middle order there. I, I would really, really like to see him back, um, but I don't think we'd be the only team in the in the race to have him. I think Red Cow would look, like to have him back. I'm sure Glasgow would potentially be looking to bring him back as he's an asset. And, you know, there's there's probably other clubs as well in the league that you know it's not like he's not gone under the radar. Everyone's been probably talking about Conor Bailey this season, how he's gone from being a National League rider with nothing else, you know, to being a number three at Red Car being the rising star at Bellevue it's, and riding the extra league as well, mm. even if it was just one meeting. But, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah, he's, I think he's going to be uh, not short of a few offers, put it that way. Mm. Definitely. Definitely so. And as we said, he won the meeting. Uh, Max Clegg uh, came in second place in the end. He beat Jacob Hook in a runoff um, for that second and third position. Um, Ashton Bowsen, a uh, good performance from him to finish fourth. Ben Morley finished in fifth place. I uh, just want to mention a couple of riders down further down the order who I thought, um, Freddie Hodder was one who I thought looked in particularly impressive during the meeting. Sam McGurk obviously had a good meeting on his home track as well. Um, Max Perry's another name I want to pick off. Six points in the end, but I just felt he always looked quicker than that. And he's had a really good end to the season. And I, th- I think there's big. There's going to be bigger things come from him, and if he remains at Leicester next year, I think there'll be another force in the um, National Development League. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we did mention him in, uh, after his winning Heat three, Heat Heat two, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, you know, look really stylish. Maybe he'll be up there, and then I think you yeah, only got about three points after that. So, yeah. might have been my fault. Sorry. But, I, I still it, think he looked really competitive. I yeah, really yeah, on it's. But then, if you do go through the field, you know you do pick out maybe two or three names that you would say are very good riders. You know you would expect them to be near the top, and then it's a lot of riders I would say that are around similar levels. And yeah, I think if you look at the race, and it was definitely uh, close, competitive, and um, even though he's only ended up on six, he definitely did deserve more. I would agree with that, and. Um, I think you know, give him time, and he he will he'll constantly be scoring more than that because he's not come with the reputation of being a good rider and one for the future for no reason. He's you look at him and you, you can tell he's he could he has the potential to go far in the sport. And yeah, he's only like sixteen. I mean, you remember he won a, a race in the in the pairs at Oxford. Mm-hmm. So yes, he, he did. Yeah, yeah. You just got to. I think it's. I think we, we might have said this last season as well. It's you know he, he's been very good this year and he's only going to get better and um, it would be a shame if Leicester went in the National League or if he didn't have a National League spot because 
a lot he's not the only rider. A lot of riders do need that. And I think if if the rumours are true that National League might be folding or it might be changing, then I think it's the entirety of British Speedway is shooting himself in the foot because it's then halting the progression of so many riders and stopping new riders coming in to a point where we're going to end up with the same pool getting smaller and smaller and the riders coming in, you're going to have to hope that they can make the big leap into the championship, which is not really how it should work. But I'm, I'm sure, you know, the promoters aren't silly and um, they, they hopefully have some sort of plan in place if that is to happen. But it could be a very interesting winter as well. Yeah, absolutely. With the with the pool of talent from under sixteen coming through to what we've got currently in the system, it would be an absolute travesty if we let this go to waste now. So, whatever happens, there has to be some form of national development league. Um, whether whether there's new teams joining, whatever it might be, there has to be something there for me. Um, we cannot let this go. So, as you say, it'll be an interesting winter to see what what goes, what comes. Um, but we will we will keep everyone up to date with that. Hopefully, we might be able to bring some news on in our Christmas special. But we Ooh. shall wait and see. But um, I mean, that, that, that's all the fixtures from this week. So, as I said, there's there's not many fixtures. They're just very critical fixtures that are going on at the moment, which takes us on nicely to uh, our rider of the week this week. Um, interestingly, I'll go back to last week's victory, uh, and it was a bit of a landslide in the end, but well deserved for. Lee Complin, um, who came out on top after his performance against Oxford for Glasgow in the last uh, group stage uh, meeting before the playoff final, he scored 63.11%. Second place, Niels Christian Everson, after he, he did win the farewell at Peterborough after an unfortunate crash. Um, good to say he's on the men now. Nothing broken, but he scored 25.19%. And Kai Ward, uh, for his guest performance for Milton Hall against Leicester, uh, he scored 11.70%. But... We'll come to Rob's later on. We'll speak to him about it. He can have the the last pickings from this list. But there's our list for this week. Very small. But we still will go on. I've got a couple of names in mind. I'm, I'm I also person. have a couple of names in mind. One person um, has to win. And if he doesn't, it is an absolute travesty. Well, I'm not picking him for the same reason I don't pick riders that have won it already, even if they've scored uh, 29 out of 30 see, points. I want to see if we've got the same two. Um, I don't know. Um, I was I was talking to someone today before the meeting, and um, I think he's done very well considering he did break down on the way to Workington. So I'm going to go for a friend of the show, Jacob Hook, third right. place. I think he looked better than Max Clegg as well. I would have liked to see him finish second, but no third place can't be disgraceful. He's on the podium. He's had a a bit of a tough season, you know, started at Edinburgh, got dropped, whether that was the right or the wrong decision, who knows, went to Berwick, got injured, went back to Berwick. And as I say, he's really, really impressed me today. I think he was my, I don't want to say he was the, the best rider, because obviously that was Conor Bailey, but he, apart from Conor Bailey, he might have been the best mm. rider. But um, yeah, I'm going to go Jacob Hook. I don't think you you would have had Jacob Hook on your list. I he well he's yeah I, no he weren't in my consideration in my two and I'm in a tricky position now because if I don't name this person on the show is it this one? No, oh. I'm going to get absolutely ravaged if I don't name this person on the show because I'd be then taking a lump that Robert pick him and I cannot go for the, I cannot risk <laughs> it. So I, I am going the bomber, Mister Playoff, Chris Harris. 
dropping one point against Paul in the playoff final for Glasgow. I, I can't, you can't look beyond that. No. I can't take the risk that no. Rob's not going to pick him. But I, I want to mention the other guy that I had in mind, and I'll go down to the bottom of the list. Zach Cole, again. Um, although Paul went out to Glasgow, eight paid 10 in both legs of the final, and then he's picked up 14 from six at Scunthorpe today to, to put Paul in with a great shape uh, of winning uh, another trophy this year. So, yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Brennan, you look at Cook, you could have picked any of those Glasgow riders, really. Um, Ryan Douglas has put in another classy performance today. Um not many more on the list, but I'll let I'm gonna leave that last one for, for Rob's conscience, to be honest with you. And see where he goes with that. But um so far we have Chris Harris and Jacob Hook on the list. Um and we look forward. We will let you know what Rob goes for. But we look ahead then um to fixtures that are coming up this week. Um and of course starting tomorrow, um people may have forgotten about this with all the other the, the big finals coming up, but it's the Olympic individual at Wolverhampton uh tomorrow evening. Um sponsored by Wolverhampton Skips, um, which will see the sixteen heats plus uh four two hundred and fifty CC young lions outings. Um obviously this is this is the meeting with the unique handicap racing event, which will unfortunately be lost now unless somebody wants to bring it in for next season, whilst Wolverhampton aren't running. But the lineup for this, I can confirm is Luke Becker, Tom Brennan, Zach Cook, Ryan Douglas, Leon Flint, Chris Harris, Louis Kerr, Luke Colleen, Simon Lambert, Scott Nichols, Rory Schlein, and Steve Worrell. And then the 250cc will be William Cairns, Jamie Effrington, Seth Norman, and Cooper Russian. So good luck to everybody um, at Wolverhampton for that meeting. Um, sure to be not the final meeting at Wolverhampton, but sure to be a good event as well. And then Wednesday evening. Um, to begin with, uh, it was the rescheduled Birmingham Brummies versus Cradley Heathen select for the Alan Graham Memorial. Um, also on Wednesday, there's a couple of really big important meetings. It's the second leg of the knockout cup in the championship where the Paul Pirates take on the Scunthorpe Scorpions. And also the first leg of the National Development League grand final between the Oxford Chargers and the Leicester Lion Cubs. Interestingly, Kane, um, with them two meetings on the same night, I am assuming that Leicester Lion Cubs will be missing Joe Thompson for the Grand Final. I think you will be correct. Because, Which is, um, I, I understand why they've done it, because I think the following week um, is the British under-19, so Paul were running out of dates, essentially. So Yeah. Um, yep, so Joe Thompson will be missing, just, which coincides with Dan Thompson's return as it goes. Um which may hinder Leicester um, if Dan's not fully fit. Um, be interesting to see how that goes. Um, and then Friday evening is the Teesside Silver Helmet at Redcar, of which I did see the lineup, and now I cannot remember it. And I'm They've only play. announced 14. Have they? Two of them are still... Yeah, I think two of them are still to be confirmed, unless they've been confirmed and I've not seen it. I, I'm just um, filling a bit of time here while I look for the lineup. I have it, if you oh, would like to know. Go on then. Yeah, one know, to fourteen. I know Jamie had some. He, he wanted to bring some special names to this meeting. So well, yeah, I don't know if he's just letting um, let's just go keep our, keep our eyes peeled on the red car social media. Yeah, but oh. but go for it then. Can you you reel off the names of who's in the meeting so far? I don't think it's in riding order, but they are numbered. Um, Lewis Kerr, Chris Harris, Danny King, Daniel Hume, Simon Lambert, Jason Edwards, Jake Allen, Connor Bailey. Richard Lawson, Luke Harrison, Leon Flint, Luke Becker, Kyle Howarth, and Ashton Bowden, and two to be confirmed. 
good looking lineup. And if the names come off that was mentioned before, good luck. Um, and what will be the finale at Redcar for the 2023 yep. season? Fingers oh, crossed, no. I will be there. Nice, lovely. Time of work, if I can get the time of work. I'm, yeah, you never know. I'm never going to say never to that. Might have a little word with Louis about this one. Louis will be listening anyway, so. Room for a plus one. Room for a plus one. <laughs> and then um, Saturday evening will be the second leg of the National Development League Grand Final. Uh, it's Leicester take on the Oxford Chargers. And I'll bring you the last couple of meetings for the season because we will be starting our specials next week. Um, we don't know which one yet, but we will confirm via social media. But uh, the farewell to Monmore at Wolverhampton will be on Monday, October the 23. October the 23rd, sorry. <laughs> October the 23. Um, and then Wednesday will be the rescheduled British Under-19 Championships at Birmingham, um, which uh, we will preview on our show next week as well. But let's go back to our prediction page and we'll talk about this, Kane, because you had a 13-point lead a few weeks ago. I didn't, but yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, you did. Look, and, and, all and I can it's... say is well done, Rob, but I'm, I think we need to abandon the league for match-fixing. I'll, I'll let the viewers know the lead is now three from 13. Rob has correctly predicted three of the last, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Three of the last seven results. I, I think it's more luck than judgment, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't even go. I mean, that point system that you've come up with, I'll, I'll come on to that when we do our specials, but Rob's got an absolute astronomical figure in the National Development. Oh, we, we can change that. That's fine. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. change that. To go, back you to, want. go back to what I said. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know how long he's in the lead. Points. How has he got that many points for a league? He doesn't know. Strikes oh, me whoa, dear! How has that what? happened? What have you done? Nothing. You, I don't know what. You, I'm not looking. But I'll, I'll bring you. Uh, where where were we? The Glasgow versus Paul was the next fixture, I think. So we we all correctly predicted that Glasgow would win. Unfortunately, Rob got it absolutely bang on for three points, fifty two thirty eight. The second leg at Paul again. We all correctly predicted that Paul would come out on top, um, but we didn't. No one got three points for that because it's forty-seven, forty-three. And then finally today, the Scunthorpe versus Paul fixture again. We all correctly predicted Scunthorpe would win. Unfortunately, Rob got it bang on again for his three points. Um, and in the final fixture, I um, I correctly picked uh, Connor Bailey to win the meeting. Well then, I, I would say yep. that's by luck, but spin the wheel worked in my favour. But as I said, Rob. <laughs> Rob would probably still pick Max Clegg anyway. So, exactly as it stands, Kane, you're on fifty-four points. Rob is on fifty-one, and I am absolutely miles behind on forty-three, and frankly, given up. But we've got the Paul versus Scunthorpe scores did, in. Uh, you did have a lead at the start of the season. Yeah, I did have a lead at the start of the season. You, you still bugged it up. Yeah. Oh well. We moved. Just, yeah. I'll move on to betting on the championship next year or something. We shall see. Um, but Please. we've got a couple of fixtures now that we will predict, um, starting with the Oxford Dodgers against the Leicester Lion Cubs in the first leg of the National Development League Knockout Cup. And I'll just bring my notes up. I have gone 50-40 to Oxford Ooh. in the first leg. I, and actually, I, it could be more because with Joe Thompson being missing, I think I had already thought about Joe being missing and a guest being in there who it'll be we don't know and also um, uh, uh, Vinnie Ford will be missing as well for Leicester with his injury Oxford at full strength Jordan Jenkins is back I can see Oxford building up a, a sizable advantage in the first leg I do actually agree with you 
However, mine wasn't 50-40 because I didn't have a prediction, but I was thinking around the 40s, so it's okay. I've gone Oxford to win 49-41. I think, um, I think you know, they are certainly good enough at home, but Leicester always... Um, you can never discount Leicester, and I think they did do well in the league as well. So, yeah, they'll, they'll be able to retain the title. And, think, uh, I think I think Rob's gone nil nil. I think no. I'll tell you what I think. If if we don't tell Rob what we've gone for, he'll just go for a Leicester win because he doesn't know anything else. You know what? So, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we'll just put it in the group. What's your predictions for these fixtures, and then get him to vote because he won't have them. Please, 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 please. And then, and then we'll go to. Uh, then we go to Leicester for the second leg. Um, we'll come on to you for this one. Leicester against Oxford. Um, I I do think Leicester will return, so I'm going to go fifty three thirty seven. No, I'm not. Yes, no, I'm not. Yeah, I am. I am. I am. Yeah, fifty three thirty seven. So you're going for Leicester to win the title. I too am going for Leicester to win the title because I think they'll win 52-38. That is spooky. And then Rob will have to pick that. Should we go for the British under-19 final now? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not here. Yes, he won't, he won't have a clue. He'll, he'll get last pick on this one. So, um, yep, the British under-19 final will be taking place at Birmingham, as we mentioned. I'm just uh, trying to find the lineup again. I, I think I did post it in the group, didn't I? If I remember rightly. Oh... Oh. Bear with us. Let's fill a bit. Let's fill in a bit. Here we go. Uh, Nathan Ablett, Luke Colleen, Ben Trigger, Max Perry, Jake Mulford, and Dan Thompson had to be confirmed. Max James, Ace Piper, Luke Harrison, Jody Scott, Joe Thompson, Sam McGurk, Mickey Simpson, Finney Ford, probably to be confirmed, hmm. Ashton Bowden, and Freddie Hodder. The reserves are Ashton Vale and Mark Parker. So I, I think you can safely assume that Jake Mulford will not be there. His, his leg was still in place yeah. the last time I saw him a few weeks ago. Maybe uh, not. No. no, I think Dan Thompson will probably be there. So based on that, I'll go for you. Go on, you go first. I'm going to regret this. Um, I'm going to go for... I don't know. You can go first. Oh, okay. Um... I am gonna go for just joking, Dan Thompson. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go for Dan Thompson. He did it already. Yeah, I got, I got um, scared. Yeah, I can understand why. I don't know who goes well at Birmingham for most. You, you can't look much beyond Bowden, maybe Joe Thompson. I, I, I'm gonna go for Brennan. Joe, Joe Thompson. Six. And then uh, Rob can go for... He won't be able to go for Max Clegg, put it that way, but we'll see We'll see where he goes with that one. Is Lee Adams riding? You are. Is Lee Adams riding? No, he's not in this one. Nor's Doyle. Doyle's missing. Oh. Damn beauty, then. So, um, I mean, that, that pretty much, uh, we're coming to the end of the show this week. We've we've gone through everything that's happened. As we said, it's been a really light week this week. And we have got some big specials coming up as we look back on the all the leagues and the SGP season. 
um, as we we come to the to the final stages of our shows for this year. Um, but just to finish with, um, I've got a noteworthy this week, and I think you know what my noteworthy is going to be because it's in the Do agenda. Right? I think it's. I haven't. We've, we've mentioned it a hundred times, but uh, for me, it's very noteworthy that Workington are back as, um, and some might say, defending champions. I would. But, uh, it's, nah, it's, it's touching it's, at straws, but... Yeah, well, we never got to defend it, did we? Well, we sort of did and just sort of disappeared, but we never got to defend it, did we? This is true. Um, I mean, as it, as it stands, it's a 10-team championship. I don't think it will be. Uh, I think we're 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 jumping for Birmingham moving up to the Premiership as they can only race on one night. Um, and whether other teams move up to the Premiership as well. Uh, we'll wait and see, um, but we look forward. Uh, have you got anything comical, Kane? I Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Lee Coughlin celebrating winning the league in a Tiger onesie. thought that was a little funny. Yeah. I, I enjoyed I actually... that. I found it funny that he was like taking pictures holding Vadim Tarasenko's baby as well. Yeah. Like, that Vadim was in the pictures. Why is he not holding his own kid? <laughs> Uncle Lee. <laughs> but yeah, no, I did see that. It was uh, very interesting. Um, so all that's left, um, I've got, I'm going to run through Rob's rider replacement watch because I've got an interesting stat on rider oh. replacement watch this week. I'm um, I'm just going to have to say my goodbyes now because I do have to go to work, but um, I'll leave you to do that. And uh I'll see you next week, everybody. I shall finish off the show. Thank you very much, Kane. It's been a pleasure, as usual. Until next time. Until next week. But um, Rider Replacement Watch this week, we go back to Monday the 9th of October when Glasgow took on the Paul Pirates. Uh, Klaus Vissin was, again, missing. um, Five plus one from his four rides. And Anders Rowe for the Paul Pirates was missing. He scored three from his four outings. Um, On to Wednesday in the second leg of the final. Uh, Again, the same riders were missing. Anders Rowe and Klaus Vissin. Anders Rowe managed four plus one from his four rides and Klaus Vissin uh, scored eight uh, from his four rides. And then finally this afternoon, the Scunthorpe Scorpions against the Paul Pirates, Anders Rowe was missing and scored four from four rides. And and just to bring you that interesting stat, now I'm on my own, I might get more sense, but um, that was the 900th point scored by rider replacement this season in 164 meetings. So, I'm sure I'll bring that update to Rider Replacement on uh, Twitter this week, just so he's aware. Um, uh, and then finally, just for me, uh, we'll just take a look into Kane's clinic. And obviously, um, Lee Complin had, and he's had a couple of crashes this week, bent a couple of bikes, um, but he was suffering with a shoulder injury. And he pulled out today after a, a foot injury during the um, National Development League Riders Championship um, at Workington. So we wish Lee all the best. I. I sense he's not going to be at the second leg of the knockout cup final between Leicester and working uh, Leicester and Mildenhall, but we shall see um, if he arrives for that one. But um, that concludes um, the show for us this evening. Um, again, thank you to to Cammy for joining us on the show. It's an absolute pleasure talking to him again, and we look forward um, to next week. Um, obviously, we will be starting our um, special shows uh, next week. We will be looking at one of the one of the leagues so whether it be national development league championship or premiership but uh, we'll bring you our reviews from the season um most probably the premiership as uh, we look to conclude the season with the uh, british under 19 final and the national development league knockout cup final but for now thank you for listening and i hope you join us again next week thank you very much
Podcast Network.